Welcome to week nine of the FBL podcast. We're back. I'm the host, the commissioner. I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Justin Herb. Hello. How's it going? How about you? I'm good. Top of the world. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, we've, we've taken a few weeks off, um, but we're, we're back. We're... We're totally prepped. We're ready to go. We have a lot of clear and concise things to talk about. I mean, I guess we should have told everyone that we were just waiting until Adam Thielen got traded to half the league before we recorded again. And, you know, good on you for those that tried to try to trade him around to half the team. So that was what that was well received. Maybe we should have held out another day and he would have got traded again. Who knows? Yeah. Um, we're, so we're going to talk, you know, we discuss how we're about halfway through the season. Um, it seems like it's been a full season the way some of these uh, teams have been going, but we're going to discuss who, uh, how each team's feeling uh, based off the standings. And then we, since we've uh, last recorded, we've also had quite a few trades that we want to break down. Um, so let's start with uh, the good guys. We've got a, uh, We've got an undefeated watch going at the top of the division. Yeah. I mean, it's great to be undefeated and all. I, I won't know. I assume it's great. But talk about pressure. <laughs> every week, every play, he's got to be sweating it out. Oh, man. I don't know if I'd want to deal with that. There's, there's, there's got to be a lot of uh, mental anxiety that comes with potentially going undefeated. I mean, you don't want to be like Presto. And when did he – he, how close did he get again to running the table? Uh, he got to the finals. Right, right. Is there a worse way to take a loss? Uh, I wouldn't know. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess we finally found out what would happen if Ambron set his lineup. <laughs> and in case, in case that's unclear to everyone, I'm just saying that Groom is just, you know, taking Ambron's team and setting a lineup each week because every trade he's made this year he's lost so he's really not he's not contributing to the fact that this team is undefeated and he also had uh you know jamar chase fall into his lap uh a few blunders ahead of him so congrats groom you're doing a a bang-up job i mean if if anything i think he's mastered the art of trying less and I think that might be the winning move in fantasy. I mean, if you, if you look at, like, most of you our last league, Well, yeah, sure. I, I'm trying. I'm practicing the art. Uh, but, I mean, like, Fox is, has mastered it at times. I would even argue Tim has applied applied the art of doing less. So maybe there's, there's something to it. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with some of what you're saying. I, I would say that even in years past, Adam has had uh, made quite a few runs. Uh, you could maybe even lump uh, Ron into more, but uh, it's a fair uh, statement. I, I mean, we're definitely not going to give any team any credit during this breakdown, so <laughs> uh, I would appreciate if Groom sweeps the whole bad guys division uh, by beating the Maloofs this week, and then uh, we'll see what happens when uh, the good guys square off. Yeah. 
that sounds about right. Who's next? Uh, so the the last time we recorded, we 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 lose another game, and then he went on a two game losing streak. Um, how do you feel about him? The the power of the podcast. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I think before we get into Fox, some people like to toss out a phrase "curse of the pod." I would just simply say the pod is very influential, and you know, you better be on our good side. Or bad side, as it may be. Who knows? Um, yeah, so I think Fox definitely uh, has to be questioning his running back core. He almost had something with Mac becoming an asset. That Pat's running back, like, is that guy ever going to be a thing? He he was all the rage. Um, somehow, he pulled value out of CPAT and CPAT might have been the free agent pickup of the year. It's got Kelsey, Josh Allen, Devontae Adams, Keenan Allen. Like he's going to be fine, but it just might be a bit of a bumpy ride into the playoffs. It, I, I think you said Kelsey. I don't know who you were referring to before, but uh, is he still good? Mm, that topic. Um, <laughs> I mean, I. I haven't really watched that much of the Chiefs this year to actually have a formed thought on it. Not that I ever do, but um, <laughs> Thank I mean, you for I, feel, I, feel like portion. I I gotta believe he's still good. It's just that team is in a funk right now, and it wouldn't shock me if in three weeks they're dropping forty on everyone again. Like I couldn't say that's a stretch, but yeah, I guess just the fact that we're having the conversation is a statement in and of itself. I, uh, I just saw that he hadn't had a hundred yard game since week three, but I'm looking at his stat lines. He's still putting up most weeks, 13 to 70 points. I mean, it's pretty good from the tight end position. I think the, the biggest blow to Fox during this, uh, little mini, uh, dry streak was, uh, losing Kareem hunt. But, uh, if he comes back, I think he's going to be tough to be in the in the playoffs. But is is Kareem Hunt coming back? Um, honestly, every single injury that they say is going to be three weeks ends up being six or more. Uh, I remember Christian McCaffrey was going to be out like one week, and how many weeks later has it been? So I don't know. I, I think it was supposed to be about two months, so he might get him back for the playoffs we'll see yeah i mean fox was definitely on a blistering tear to start off the season like 179 and back-to-back weeks 210 like that's that is ridiculous so I, i'm cool if he can hang around 120 and be somewhat approachable to to beat but uh yeah i mean you did a great job taking him down i'll give you that so hopefully he cools off and stays cold. <laughs> stays cold. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, I would say that the next team is the uh, most surprising team uh, in third place, uh, Operation Phoenix, who are very transparent about their the fact that they are packing it in and uh, tanking for, for the rest of the year after some key injuries. But uh, – how about him beating Presto 
while <laughs> only scoring 85 points. Uh, that's what, something. What happens first? Kelsey breaks 100 or Brad? Oh, um, well, I'm going to be careful how I answer that since uh, this week I'm playing Brad. And he, <laughs> he seems to have some very favorable matchups. So I think, I think Brad will easily clear 100 points. But uh, we'll, we'll, uh, he, he's, he's sticking around. Like, I honestly think he, he's acquired all first for some of his players. But his division is full of such terrible teams that he could still – make a run into the playoffs while also having several firsts for next year. <laughs> this is basically an indictment on Plouts and Andrew. It's just incredible that he's put up the second lowest points in the league and he's almost in second place. Yeah. That's incredible. Uh, yeah. Tough schedule and he's, uh, he's just eking out some wins. You know, I think he might have been on to something. And I think we, we had one concept, which is like practicing the art of doing less. I think <laughs> Brad isn't doing that. What he's doing is saying, I am lucky and I'm going to double down on my luck. He's like, I'm going to win no matter what. And I'm just going to stack up future assets while I collect W's. And I think that's what he's doing. Stacking up assets and W's this year. That that's the stacking up future assets and W's this year. That's that's his approach. I mean, there's a very real possibility that he ends the year. I mean, he's four and four now. He ends the year with five wins. He beats me this week, obviously, because of curse of the pod, and then he just gets run. Uh, but I, with his ability on wa- waivers, I think he could he could make the in, the division interesting. So we'll see. All right. All right. Anyone else you want to hit on the good guys? The Plouts and Andrew are underperforming. These two teams should be, um, I mean, definite locks for the playoffs. And they're, they're both three and five right now. Um, Andrew's had some injury issues. I don't know what Plouts is doing. Um, he's got... He's still carrying so many tight ends. Like, why do you why do you still have Evan Ingram? I really don't understand. Especially when you have Fant and Schultz. Curious. I mean, you keep uh, starting Khalif uh, Raymond too. Sorry, that's no. mind boggling. Um, the first thing I would challenge is that you think they're underperforming. I think they're performing adequately about expected so no no shocker there um yeah and i guess if we're talking both of those at the same time like andrews he's performed better than his record so yeah i'm like he's he's definitely put up some points (laughs) plouts his team maybe it's like an insight into his mind because it just it's a mess (laughs) like (laughs) To start Khalif Raven in the FPL is not a good look. Um, and I guess it's hard to part ways with Evan Ingram's 45 points. I mean, that's what, yeah, that's what I don't get. Like, do you think that after, what, four straight years of injuries, 
Oh, now he's now he's gonna come back to form. Wait, being being in a Giants offense with Daniel Jones and uh, Jason Garrett, this is the key to success. Can you explain to me Plouts' reserve structure right now? Because it seems like he has five guys outside of his active roster. Yeah, he just um, realized what was available to everyone by my leadership that you could put COVID players on taxi squad, just like we did last year. But I did, I mean, I did it because this is the first time I've had a guy on COVID. Uh, but you could put him on taxi. And there, so he just moved Barkley and Fanther. There's, there isn't a limit though on COVID guys. No, I opened it up last year to five uh, taxi players. So, okay. Because what was happening originally, I I put um, I opened it up for injured reserve, but then people were putting like Brad would have eight injured reserve people that weren't on COVID, so oh. they were abusing that. So I I had oh. to open up the taxi squad, and the the website also made it available. So as Ron astutely pointed out uh, to. Tax squad is available for rookies and COVID players and has been all year. <laughs> yeah. Well, as the podcast host podcast, uh, co-host of the, of the league, I am happy to report that I uh, completely forgot about that. So that's all I have to say on that. Yeah. So, um, I would say Plots moving uh, Barkley and Fant to the tax squad are the best two moves he's made this year. <laughs> Fair. Uh, I'll let you uh, move on to the uh, talk on anything that Adam's doing. Nope, I'm good. All right. Yeah. yeah. Bad guys. Yeah. Kick it off. Well. Um, first off, I want to know how does it how does it feel to be on top of the the bad guys division? Well, uh, I, I I mingled good guys for four years. I didn't like it. Now I'm back. I feel like I was in the good guys more than the bad guys, if I recall. Correct. That oh. yeah. So it's it's weird to me. I'm I'm fighting for scraps, just just hoping <laughs> for a shot at the playoffs. Um. But yeah, I, clearly based on recent moves, I, I made a calculation where my season was headed. And I got to say, my, my players apparently disagreed with me. So uh, I, love, I love their tiny hearts fighting, fighting as much as they can <laughs> and, and propelling me to victory for at least one, one more week. Um, I got to say, though, like the Maloofs at five and three, and I say this not even like looking at their roster or anything that's happened, which I'll do in a second. Just the fact that they're the Maloofs and they're five and three and in second place. That just uh, it doesn't sit right with me. That's a, that's all I got to say there. Um, but let me, let me pull up their team. I mean, things definitely broke right for them with Fournette. Lamar's turned it back on. Henderson, which they sat on for years, which I'll give him credit for. That's fine. Cooks continues to be an asset. 
Pittman's definitely stepping up. Like, yeah, they've they have a good team. <laughs> they have a good team as I'm looking this over. And I'm not I'm not entirely pleased about that. Yeah. And I, I think, on IR. Damn it. Yeah, but he just announced today he's done for the year. Oh, all right. Sweet. <laughs> Very timely. <laughs> well, um, yeah, but uh yeah, some of their uh, – th- this team is a little bit scary. Uh, I think uh, Pittman's breaking out, um, just to touch on a couple of guys that you didn't. And was a bust earlier, but if uh, Mike White or whoever the hell the Jets quarterback is, is continuing to throw it to him 15 times a game. So um, That was a pretty great bring story, back to by the way. Everyone is like – who the hell is Michael White? Like, what is going on? And then we're all like, oh, Michael White. Like, this whole team is fun now. Yeah. It's it's funny. He hates all of the wide receivers that we we all, like, picked a guy. You know, you're a Crowder or, or Corey Davis. And he's like, no, fuck them all. I mean, I definitely – don't feel awesome pulling the trigger on Davis the moment he decides to stop playing. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely want to touch on uh, on that. Yeah. Now? No, nope. Uh, <laughs> All right. Um, so Ron was uh, just moving into the, the teams in third and fourth. Ron was leading the division for quite a bit. He started out hot 4-1, but now he's uh, on a three-game losing streak. I think he's made a lot of good hustle moves on free agency. That uh, Cinderella shoe might be might be falling. Yeah, I mean, he was he was definitely uh, having some Brad like luck um, on his run. If you look at like how many points he was putting up on a weekly basis, but um, it's funny, like outside of arguably the most important position, I, I like a lot of what he's done. Like he got uh, Herbert on the bears, Mitchell in San Francisco to go with Taylor. So you're fine. And even Daryl Williams is a nice depth running back piece. He's always had some pretty decent receivers. And then also he hit on Tony and won't move him for anything. So, I mean, between wide receiver and tight end and running back, he's fine. But wow, on his quarterback situation, to have that roster and to have to hit the check start button for Carson Wentz, that can't feel great. I think this is the rare case where Ron has actually meddled a little too much. I think Tannehill had gotten off to a slow start, but I I would much rather start him than – some of the guys he's run out there. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting though, because uh, I've had the situation with once in another league too, where I find myself starting him or almost starting him and he's been delivering. Like he's not terrible. I mean, in the grand scheme of like, he's probably going to be a QB one, but in any given matchup, you're going to not win that matchup versus the other quarterback, but he's not like embarrassing. It's not like a 10-point start, you know, getting 20 to 22 points from Carson Wentz at this point. You got to be pretty happy with. It's just 
if you look at everything else on his team, like why not push it a little bit, go, go in, get a quarterback and see what you can do. I, yeah, I think even there's some better options uh, in free agency. I, he's like the uh, Philip Garoppolo. Yeah, he's, he's like the uh, Philip Rivers to the Saints rumors. Uh, oh. Oh. <laughs> like making a yeah, run with Philip Rivers as his quarterback. That would just be very classic FBL. <laughs> All right, we've waited long enough. We got to talk about Presto more. Okay, yeah. So dead last right now, um, two and six on a five-game losing. But he like so, went all in on a three-game losing streak. But all right, all right, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, we were we were <laughs> we were d- discussing uh, some of, the- and I was uh, updating you on the first trade he made where he he was the beneficiary of uh, Brad's fire sale. Uh, sending a couple firsts for Thielen and Deontay Johnson, which was before week seven games when both of them had a bye. And then he promptly moved to the only winless team in the league, Adam. <laughs> which I don't even know how that and, and then we were like, all right, that was just like kind of crazy shit. Like make a run. And then he, he loses to Brad. Brad doesn't even... Or he can't even clear 85 points. What is going on? Um, yeah. I wasn't, like, paying attention to the whole uh, history of the season when we were working out the trade. But it was funny because Presto then was, like, we were talking about his lineup. And, like, looking at his lineup at the time, you know, no context of the, the season or buys or anything. It was like, yeah. You got a pretty solid lineup. Like, I get why you're going for it. But now kind of looking back and seeing the whole picture of everything, it's just hilarious. <laughs> like, I don't know. Maybe it's like a case of the right decision at the wrong time. Because, like, it still has good talent. But, like, the sequencing of everything probably wasn't it's ideal. A, yeah, it's like the worst timing on everything. Like, he gets – he finally gets to the, the start those two – Wide receivers, Dak gets hurt, James Robinson gets hurt. Um, you know, Odo Beckham is about to get the boot from the team. Uh, I don't know. One like very small thing is he was uh, lamenting the uh, the Broncos defense, which had uh, been pretty solid earlier in the season. They had the Thursday night game where they just, I don't know, they barely scored anything. He drops them this week. And they scored 18 points. <laughs> I think the Chargers he picked up only scored like three or four. So uh, that would have been a difference of the game. Maybe uh, Presto should come around to the philosophy of less is more. Less is more. Yeah. That's all. Uh, yeah. So uh, you're in this uh, hybrid of uh, are you tanking? Are you, are you still in it? I mean, you're one game out. Coming off the high score of the week. High score uh, of the week. Yeah. Ten, ten bucks in your pocket. Yes. Uh, what, what are the uh, – right now. So uh, I'm stacking strategies. You know, I was a practitioner of less is more, so I was following that strategy. 
And then I saw what Brad was doing, you know, doubling down on luck, stacking assets for the future. And I thought, why not? Let's do less is more and <laughs> double down on the future. So that's that's the approach. Got to stack strategies. If you have a if you have another strategy for me to triple with, I'm in. Let's talk about it. Um, huh. Pivoted off of Adam's strategy and actually started. You know, all of the players in your lineup were actually active as opposed to the week before. Yeah. Well. Uh, continuous improvement. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Love the love a little CI. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's all we got there. Um, yeah, so I'm not done with trades. Trades are still going to happen. But uh, I, I wasn't pleased with how my team was responding. So, you know, look, the Lone Star Rebels, they have a certain standard. And if you're not going to meet the standard, you're out. We're just, we're out. We're breaking it up. So Zeke. It's not that he was performing well, but poorly. He was the spiritual leader, and he just wasn't getting the team to rally around him. And I always had the struggle with Zeke and Chubb about, you know, which one was the leader. And Chubb, Chubb was always playing second fiddle, so I had to break it apart, get Zeke out of there. And, you know, the team has responded. So I think he, he brought some bad chemistry to the locker room. I tried to overlook it because of his talent, and uh, I had to uh, – all right, well, I'll stop with that. So, <laughs> um, it was, I enjoyed the bit for a second, but, um, right. Like I was, I'm sitting just above Presto. I'm seeing people drop 180 points a week and Zeke, well, he's, he's definitely performing well this year. At the same time, it wouldn't shock me if this off season, he decides to just go out banging strippers every week and like gains 20 pounds. And next year, everybody's like, he's out of the league. Tony Pollard is better. So that was kind of always in the back of my mind. Um, how I was approaching it is like, I still wanted a good running back core of like Chubb plus another good young running back. And Gibson was intriguing to me because he's having a poor year, but it seemed very explainable. Like his talent is still there, but he's hurt. And the offense just isn't great. So knowing my years going how it's going, I was comfortable with Gibson and potentially him not maximizing his talent this year, but I wanted something else. And I, I like Corey Davis and I thought he was in a good spot. And like, I know the Jets offense is a little up and down, but it seemed like when things clicked, he was clearly the number one and he could put up some points. So that's why I felt comfortable with those two assets. I didn't anticipate Davis immediately getting hurt after I hit enter on the trade. So that was, that was a bit of a wild card. Um, I have a lot of receivers on my team. I have one less soon after this week. So that's so sorting itself out apparently. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to make of my team right now other than I don't want them to be old and I want a running quarterback. That is my mindset. I uh, I primed this take already earlier in the pod, but uh, I heard that you seek the advice of someone who's lost every trade, and that may have creeped into this deal. Some yes. bold strategy there. That's fair. That is that is something that happened, and that's a that's a fair take. But uh, um, well, I'm I'm one week into it and I'm I'm sitting pretty. Yeah, 
I thought it was interesting that uh, I, I think Gibson fits the mold of uh, he's hurt too. <laughs> I have a type. Um, that's all I really got on that. The, I I guess I was a little bit I I I saw that um, Presto weaseled a, a few extra assets out of you, which I thought was interesting. It seemed like it would have been Gibson and Corey straight up for Zeke, but you know how he is. He always has to squeeze every drop. Yeah, I mean, I knew there was going to be a tax, so it was fine, whatever. I paid the Presto tax and moved on. Uh, right, and then and then the FBL paid him back with a 84-point uh, total. I, I will say I'm happy I got my second back, especially with how things were projecting. And uh, Jamal Agnew, I'm liking this kid. I'm excited. Yeah, you and uh, and what's his face? Well, I can't even think of his name right now. The- Irvin Still. Meyer. Yeah, yeah. Love, love Agnew. He's like a ten years younger Marvin Jones Jr. Oh yeah, so uh, that that bleeds right into our other topic. So you had like a mini fire sale. You you uh, were the 18th owner to sell uh, Marvin Jones for a second. <laughs> um, so yeah, out with the old, in with the new guy. Um, I think that was a um, not much of a difference there. I was a little bit peeved uh, because of your two trades for for two reasons. One, you traded Marvin. We were playing, which at the time I thought was going to hurt me, but I ended in disguise. Thank you. Um, also appreciated that we were in talks, and uh, as as co-hosts of a podcast together, no interaction, just straight deal with Presto. I know you guys are really tight, so appreciate that. I've been holding on to that since twenty uh, seventh at ten fifty four p.m. When that uh, deal went down. The background is um, this is actually the first time we've talked since then, so I'm, I'm happy to clear the year so we can talk again. Um, that's fair. I probably should have came back to you, but I felt like I had your best offer, and I know you're a shrewd negotiator, so I didn't I didn't feel like pressing the issue further. But that's fair. That's probably my bad. Um, yeah, I'm not I'm not saying I would have beat it, but I'm just saying. Yeah, no, that's fine. I'll take that. That's uh, that was uncouth on my my part, potentially. <laughs> the fact that word into the pod was worth it for me. <laughs> that's where we went. Um, here's all I want to say in the Marvin Jones Junior Club that I'm now in. Um, I'm happy that I traded him to get my high second round pick back, and I picked up a better receiver on this same team for for very cheap. So. That's all I have to say about that. Yeah, you're uh, you're planting multiple seeds, and uh, one of them is going to ripen. <laughs> um, another trade that really irked me that last week was uh, Ron Randall Cobb, like minutes before kickoff, to Andrew as well, and then he went out and scored two fucking touchdowns. He almost had a third. I was like. Everyone is in cahoots against me. <laughs> well, I mean, 
there is a separate chat that you're not part of, and that is kind of the whole reason for the chat. So if that helps connect dots for you. What's it called? Fuck the rules? Nobody knows the rules is what it's called. <laughs> I thought that was the FPS. <laughs> no, we have a separate one. It's a whole thing. Oh, gotcha. Uh, okay. Um, what other deals? Uh, well, we, we should talk about Presto's and then yours because it, it leads up to it. And I know we kind of covered it a little bit, but like, it was interesting looking back now at the last 60 days where Tyson Williams used to be a thing. He used to be a thing to the point where Presto gave up a second round, two second round picks. My second round pick that I had to scrap back out of bloody <laughs> hands to get for him. And like, oh yeah, he used to be a thing. That That is no longer the case. Um, AJ Green used to be a thing that people thought they had to actually spend some assets on and then again tyson williams on the move like presto i'll give him this he makes a move he's not happy with a guy in a week or two and he ships him back out so (laughs) but the fact that it was two first round picks in a deal where he clearly should have just held on to the first round picks but i mean i guess at least he still has Deontay Johnson with no quarterback for next year. And then that sets up Adam Thielen. So Adam Thielen was out there as a first for a while. Brad had offered that up. Presto kind of doubled down and gave him an extra first. So I was curious about who's going to pay the tax. Tax is the wrong word, but you know what I meant. Um, It seems like a solid deal, but you definitely have to be a team in contention. So it did make sense that you went for him, but what was uh what was the thought process behind that that whole trade? Um I was pushing hard for Deontay um, and uh Presto's just he's I don't know. I think he's confused whether he's still making a push or playing for the toilet bowl, which I mean, if he looks at his roster, I'm sure he's just – I'd be pissed. Like, top to bottom, his roster is pretty solid. It's going to be better than probably three teams that end up making the playoffs if he doesn't. But uh, I wanted Deontay. I, I, he he wouldn't even, like, really entertain the thought. So, Thielen, obviously he's older. Figured – I've been trying to fill out my flex. I've got – um, some question marks until Russell Wilson comes back, whether I can actually start Lockett. So, you know, Andrew made a comment to me after the, the deal too. He's like, I didn't see you giving up your first. Personally, I didn't picture myself uh, trading for like a 31-year-old wide receiver. But, I mean, he's been awesome. And uh, I... I feel like my team's pretty strong and I, I wanted to make it a little bit beefier. I have three things to say to you. Okay. The first is the move made complete sense. The second is it's hilarious to me that you also paid the Presto tax and that the tax was Zach Ertz. And then, um, the third thing is you do know that Thielen's unvaccinated, right? 
Well, he can go on my taxi. <laughs> um, uh, it, the Presto tax because he originally he wanted Pollard. Oh, you know? wow. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, tax. yeah, I was like, uh, are we still talking Deontay? <laughs> wow. That would have made sense in the Deontay deal, actually. I yeah, I was I was ready to offer a lot more for Deontay, but he didn't want to budge off that. Which you know, I mean, in in fairness, if he is rebuilding, that guy's pretty young. So, um, and after all of the uh, wide receiver he picked up in this year's draft, he at least has one good wide receiver now. <laughs> Yeah, as uh, that that draft didn't go kindly for Presto. No, it did not. That's all I got uh, this week. I'm out of material. Yeah. yeah so uh, you actually, as part of, I, I just want to do a quick, brief rundown of the matchups. You're you kind of look out in, while you're in this. Uh, Dead period of uh, playing. Stacking strategies. So you, you you catch Adam this this week. Oh. Could be on a mini two game win win streak. That's exciting. Um, uh, there's also. Oh. oh yeah, go ahead. I don't love that he has Debo. <laughs> Definitely don't enjoy that. And he got Judy back. But I do love that he has the lesser Cleveland back. And uh, hopefully Mike Williams is at 100%. A um, couple comments. I, uh, Debo blown up is completely my fault because I gave him a lot of shit for – he was Aaron Jones trade, and now he's apparently the greatest wide receiver in the world. Um, last week – so he also got Bob And then I saw Fox picked him up. Uh, he was the only legit guy other than Cobb who was playing for the uh, Packers last week. So I, I wanted to make a joke if we record. I wonder what uh, Fox will get from Adam for Tanya this time, but then he blew his ACL. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that's an interesting matchup. Interesting matchup, I think, is uh, Presto versus Andrew. This This could be like a... A nail in the coffin match for someone. Um, if Presto loses, what happens? I fear for any bunnies in his yard. <laughs> All of his kids' toys are going in the fire. <laughs> Um. Well, all right. Fair is fair. If Andrew loses, what happens? I don't know. I I think it's it's easier for Andrew to come back from this loss because Adam is not a. I think Brad can contend, but doesn't want to, and then he has plouts things. So. <laughs> I think it's he could easily finish third while 
He's just got to win two or three games in his division and he'll be fine. Has Andrew watched anyone catch the football in the last three years? Here's here's what sets up that question. Uh, you look at his light, lineup, which could change, but like Kyler Murray and Delvin Cook, like, oh, awesome. And you know he has like the strong running back core, so put the David Johnson thing aside. But then he's just the murderer's rope. AJ Green, Marvin Jones, Jarvis Landry, Devontae Parker. It's like, oh. Not that I entirely love my wide receiver core more, but it's like he has this super high-end approach, and then it just like, nah. It, it's a, it's a, a studs and scrubs. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a tough one. I'm still the, working on this team. part of it. But. <laughs> uh, this team would be amazing in best ball, but setting those wide receivers in a lineup. And then, like, he's got a bunch of other, like, characters on the bench. Galloway, like, um, Gallup hasn't played since. Yeah. I'm surprised even when they come back. And those are... I'm surprised the Panthers haven't. <laughs> that's gonna happen in the off season. Yeah, so that's that's my game of the week. Just uh, major tilting of whoever doesn't uh, win win there. I think it's oh, it's 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 the depression bowl. I say this knowing that I might be part of it, but are we gonna bring back the tilting segment next week? Oh, the uh, tilt montage. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you gotta eventually. like, should we have Presto or Andrew do it? Should we send recorders for them this weekend? I think you need to have like a dry pan, like Presto. I don't know, I don't want to like say my honest opinion because I potentially want to make another try. All right, I think Andrew, Andrew could potentially would be good at making a montage, but. The offer is out. Either or owner, if you guys want to make a tilt montage and record it, send it to us. We'll put it into the uh, podcast. Let's do it. Maybe, maybe uh, press okay. I tribe about uh, Larry Fitzgerald. <laughs> <laughs> when the last week, when the uh, when the Cardinals were on Thursday Night Football, and Troy Aikman was saying how the league misses. Larry Fitzgerald, I thought of how you cut his bit, and it made me crack up a lot. That was so good. Uh, that might have been the only good thing I've done all year. <laughs> all right. Good luck to everyone out there. Um, and we'll see you next week. Screw you, Adam. <laughs>